I want to personally welcome you to the Dream Talk podcast with Algernon Hall. Dreams are the foundation of this world. Dreams matter. Our dreams matter. It's time for us to dream, believe, and make history. I'm ready. Are you? Let's take this journey. Now, what's good with you? This is Dalton Hall, a.k.a. the Dream Catcher, your dream coach, man. And I'm ecstatic. I'm excited because we're back, man. We keep going to new levels with this podcast. And, man, creativity is a valuable skill. I mean, it can inspire us to live a better life, create more, and be more true to ourselves and to our visions. Today, I have a pleasure to interview and have right now. I'm not in the studio, but I'm actually in his studio. A good friend, <laughs> longtime friend who's creative as long as I can remember him. He's gifted in every sense of the word. He's a talented artist. My man, Saran, Explore Freedom. What's good, brother? What's up, brother? Thanks for How coming you, on to the podcast. I'm oh, good. Man. I'm good. That's what's good, man. So, yeah, man. I wanted to, what did you, we've been trying to have this conversation for a long time for us right. to, to get well, you we've on. we've been trying to have it on camera for a long on time. On camera, yeah. We actually have it, but, you know. And because the artist that you are, you really don't like the camera, so I, I appreciate you being on the <laughs> camera. Oh, man. But, um, the pressure is crazy. I'm, I'm, oh, man. You All good, right. man. We're right. just going to have right. a conversation, man. All we right, we have some good conversations on the phone yeah. in person, and we're going to have a good conversation today. So, really, man, I just want to just talk about dreams, but what I want to talk about dreams from the creative standpoint right so like we're talking about creativity you're an artist and there's many types of artists what type right. of artists are you um i would be i guess i could be considered a, uh, a visual artist um because okay. everything i do is visual but i mean in the past i've done other things that would fall into creativity like i, I had um made some music um you made music I did, I did. Okay, um, okay. <laughs> it was just one, one. I'm, it wasn't really music per se. Like I didn't sit somewhere and make music. I made I, essentially what would be a mixtape. Okay. Um, you know, um, and then um, I wrote a book. So yes, I guess. I'm and like, what's and what's the title of the book? Um, it's eight days in a week. You could probably find it now at Barnes and Noble, in Barnes and Nobles, or uh, Amazon. I think it's on iTunes as well. So it's eight days in a week by Saran. Eight days in a week by Saran. Yeah, and then as far as um, the music goes, uh, SoundCloud, you could just type in Explore Freedom Mixtape Volume 1, and um, it should still be. I'm not really sure. It's been a while, so, uh, you know. You know, I think about this, you know, creativity being a skill, and I believe as entrepreneurs, and I always go to the entrepreneur because I'm an entrepreneur, that when you are able to create, it's actually a skill because you can navigate through life, you can create things, you can express yourself. But when did you first discover that you were creative? Well... Because it went back, right? Yeah, I can't really say that I I I was young, so I didn't really know. Right. Like, oh, I'm a creative, or I can't create. I just knew... I liked comic books, you know right. what I'm saying? And I wanted to be a comic book artist or an okay. illustrator or whatever. So that was in, um, I, I had done it since I was a kid. I just sat around and drew superheroes and all that kind of stuff. And apparently, I don't really remember, but my mom always tells me how I used to, you know, as a kid, you get in trouble and they would take away the toys and they would just get frustrated because they basically would have to lock me in a room with nothing. Because right. like if I was in, I would take, um, you know, paper 
draw, like fold it up and then draw the outline of a man, then cut it out. And then right. my mom would come in the room and there would be hundreds of them all over the room. Right. Or I would take uh, the bag ties from the back in the day, you know, you got the garbage can, garbage bags. Right. And they came with little bags and I would make little men out of them. And because they were kind of bendable, like with the wire, right. she would come in and they would be hanging from like the dresser. <laughs> so, you know, as long as I had a piece of paper and something to write with, Anything that could write, I, you know, that's when I would do it. But as far as um, uh, someone else noticing me being able to be creative in that way was probably in the fifth grade. Um, I had an art teacher. Well, actually, I had an English teacher who was out that day. And I guess way back then, substitute teaching wasn't a thing. Right. And so the art teacher was replacing my English teacher for whatever reason. And you know, he's an art teacher. He comes in with a bunch of manila paper. That's throwback. Manila paper is super yeah, throwback. Yeah, yeah, He comes in, he passes it all out, and he's like, well, everybody just sit here and draw something. So I'm sitting there in fifth grade, didn't really know what to draw, because all I drew was superheroes, and I was like, huh. So I drew him sitting behind a desk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the old pass it all up to the front. So he's sitting at the desk looking through, and he's like, he holds it up like, hey, who did this? <laughs> and I was like, me. And that was the first time that anyone outside of me or my family was like hey man you're a little better than the average fifth grader at um drawing or whatever so then um next thing i know i was at arts high for the summer right from the fifth grade but i really you know i was a fifth grader like arts high is a high school and uh, you know the top floor has um college age students so to be honest with you i didn't learn anything really um i did end up actually going to uh an, an art magnet school though okay so fifth grade actually i'm sorry that was fourth grade so fifth to eighth grade i was in a magnet school um as the quote-unquote artistically gifted kids or whatever felt like we were in xavier school for mutants or something right <laughs> but, right <laughs> the, um you know so that's when i kind of not saying i knew but i was just like oh okay I, now i go to school with kids like me like we all could draw and stuff like that so. right <clears throat> So, yeah, I, I want to turn up for a little bit because I think it's important. We're talking about it from the creative standpoint, and the topic of this podcast is create your, your masterpiece. But being an artist is a grind, right? It's definitely, um, it's not easy. Um, and it's for a few different reasons. I think um, one, of the, one of the reasons why it's, it's, it's tough is because as, as a society, Americans don't quite understand art, um, especially uh, black or African Americans, we're not taught that, for the most part, we're not taught that it can be an investment. Mm. So, as an artist who's creating said work, you end up having a hundred paintings sitting up in your house right. because people won't buy it, or they don't understand that it makes more sense to buy a painting than to take that same money and buy a pair of shoes or whatever. I mean, you know. So, it's something that you'll have forever. Right. It's and something that you could pass down. And you could pass down. And the most important things, like me, I don't make prints. So if you get art from me, you are the only person in the world with that. Right. And you could probably find somebody who could duplicate it, but it wouldn't be by me. Right. And so, and then also, too, um, I remember a time when it kind of seemed like if you wanted to be an artist, you, were, you wanted to be a bum. You didn't want to work. Right. And that's not the case. Like, people don't realize... Um, the amount of hours you put into making one piece. Like, if I do something that is politically inspired, for example, it might take me a week to gather all the information 
know what I'm saying, countless hours of being on the internet or being at the library or whatever, wherever I'm looking for the information from. And then I have to actually create it. You know what I'm right. saying? So it is a grind, especially since, you know, most artists, you know, they work. So essentially it's like having two jobs all the time. It's basically like having two jobs your whole life. Right. You know what I'm saying? But people don't look at it that way because they only show up and they see the end result. You know, I mean, now it seems to be a little bit better, but, you know, a while ago, like when I when I started doing um, graffiti back in the day, you know, there was no, you could make a living being a graffiti artist. Right. You know what I'm saying? You was a menace to society, so. Right. You just straight. You just. Garages, just buildings. Buildings, trains, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? So you never knew you could make a living doing it. So when did that turn? So So you doing this graffiti, like when did you say, you know what? I want to make, I want to create and express myself and I want to, I want to gain profit from it. Like, when did that well, click into you? My story is kind of interesting because, like I said, like I did graffiti um, up until maybe 93 and then I stopped. Like, I stopped all art activity, period. Why? Um, I had a kid, one. So I had, I had my daughter um, in 93. And then two, man, I, you know, we from the hood, man. So... All of that, those type of distractions and things of that nature, you know, um, I just stopped doing art, like, period. And then I didn't do anything artistically until probably 2010. Um, And it was kind of like a a strange way how I got started doing it, because prior to 2010, I had never painted on a canvas before. Um, So with that, and it wasn't even for profit at that point. It was just, um, you know, like by happenstance, somebody gave me some canvases or whatever. And then my my good friend, uh, Rich Reg, <laughs> Reginald Frierson, uh, as he would say, put the battery in my back. He had just bought a house and he was asking me like, man, I know you used to draw back in the day. This dude harassed me like I had never been harassed before right. about doing something. So I, I did a couple pieces for him and um, he had his little, you know, housewarming party or whatever. And at that time, he didn't have any furniture. He had, like, a pool table, uh, a chair, and my two paintings. Wow. So it was the only thing people could look at. And after that day, the next day, everybody that came was asking me, like, oh, I want one, I want one, I want one. So I actually just went out and bought a bunch of canvases. I didn't have – when I did his, I didn't even own paintbrushes or anything. Like, right. everything I used was kind of crazy from, like, if you ask, like, a uh, – I guess a school taught artist because I'm, I'm a self-taught artist. I didn't learn anything in, you know, like fifth and eighth grade was cool. But after that, I never went to art school. So everything I knew, I learned from doing graffiti and having great graffiti artists, you know, mentors or whatever, you know what I'm saying? So everything I learned about paint and everything that you see now, I'm literally learning it as I'm going along. So I just started, doing paintings and I would just have them stacked up in my living room and wow. people would come over and check them out and so even then so that was probably 2010 to 2012 and even then I wasn't trying to make a living like I was right. just kind of doing it as a, as a hobby so right. to speak you know what's interesting as I'm, as I'm listening to you you know and I talk about this all the time I talk about like we all are born with specific gifts talents and abilities now obviously you didn't even know that you had an artistic gift, a creative gift. Right. And somehow, you know, you, you got 
introduced to it. Somebody saw that, that teacher in the fifth grade spotted that gift in you. You got away from it. But it's funny how when we got gifts and talents and business, no matter what we do in life, it always seems like it always comes back around yeah, full it, circle. It came back in, a, in a, you know, like I said, like, so you figure in 2012, I stopped again. Like, I made a conscious effort. Like, all right, I don't really have time for this. But it kept calling. So I, I guess you could put it that way. So for a couple more years, I didn't do it again. So 2014 rolls around, and I just kind of was like, all right, you know what? I think I want to do art again. Right. So I started doing it again. And then that went on again for another year, year and a half, then I stopped again. You know, so essentially, if you want to put it in a time kind of chronological thing, now, 2017 is when I made a conscious effort to try and do it where that's what I do. Right. You know what I'm saying? So the beginning of 2017, um, so last year I made an effort to try and do that. So now it's like a thing where I'm actually trying to do it. And I had to learn a lot. I traveled a lot last year just trying to learn that whole world, the whole art world. It's a lot different than, you know, the average I got a job you know what I'm saying right, so. right so talk to me about um, the grind man I mean right now there's some projects you're not just an artist that you know just paints images like right. trees like a Van Gogh right now I mean you, you're very you're a conscious artist T- talk to us some, about that well yeah I and guess some would say controversial some would say that <laughs> um, and the consciousness part some would say that as well I don't really label myself that way um, I make what I make I make what I feel like making when I feel it my 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 core is a graffiti artist mm-hmm. so um, sometimes I'll do graffiti things that really don't mean anything I mean I, I there's you know I guess it's not even conscious like sometimes I will do graffiti things that are Subliminal, but it's not like I'm thinking like, oh, I'm gonna do this and try to hide it from people in this painting. And when right. they see it, you know, um, probably as of more late, my work has been a lot more conscious as far as you know my thoughts and feelings on different subject matter and things of that nature. So, but as you know, I'm not like I, like you said, I'm not really. I don't just paint. Like I, I paint. Um, I, I did the music and like I said, the book and. You know, for a little while, I was making home goods. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and I'm, I'm reasonably decent with a hammer. So, right. you know, now I, I, I'm... you just creative, period, all the way around. I guess you could put it that way. I mean, I've written hundreds of poems that no one would know about. But now that I'm here, everybody knows. <laughs> but, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I just like to make things. Like, I just like to make things. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. And as far as the... The grind of it is, man, you know, like I said, man, most people have regular jobs. So for me, when I'm creating anything, no matter what it is, it's from like, you know, if I try to set it in a schedule kind of way, it's like, all right, I'm going to go from 7 p.m. to 2 a.m. That's what I'm going to do. Right. And then I go to sleep and then I get up the next morning, go to work, get off work. After work is over, eat, chill for maybe an hour, 6, 7 p.m., start making stuff again till midnight, one o'clock in the morning. And when I have a show or something coming up, that's what I do every day. So I'm working almost, you know, 20 hours every day. Right. So, you know, because I I, I like to make sure that um, 
I make sure that I'm, I like to make sure that when people come see what I do, no matter what it is, or hear what I do, or whatever, I want it to be of the best quality. Right. You know what I'm saying like right. quality is much much more important to me than anything. So. Right. What do you like most about the freedom to be able to express yourself? Um, I do like the the best part about it. I think is being able to get it out. Like I don't, I have I have an outlet that most people don't have. You know what I'm saying? From what I've gathered, there's only 1% of the population that would be considered artists or creatives. So we're lucky enough to be able to get an idea or feeling out where you can see it, like right. make it three-dimensional. Right. So I don't sit and have that festering, yeah. you know, anger sometimes. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I get angry like everybody else, which is part of the motivation behind right. some of my, my pieces. But um, I can put it out. So, I mean, also, but then again, the bad thing about that sometimes is it can stop you from creating. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you, I, you know, I don't like to try to force things. So if I'm not in a mood or whatever, then I just got to kind of wait until it passes and then I can put it out. So yeah. that's the best part. So tell me if, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, man, I mean, being, being an artist, being an entrepreneur is tough. You know what I'm saying? And you've done um, a lot of you made a lot of pieces you've done a lot of shows you partnered did a lot of collaborations right and what keeps you going man I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of people like us like you and I right. that that work in pursuing their passion and dream we right. had we had a, a heated conversation not heated from the point where we were arguing but it was very um it was very powerful from the sense of like the why like that thing that pushed because most people they stop doing what they love and they're miserable right. with life. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't understand that tomorrow not guaranteed. Right. And that gift, that talent, that ability, that thing, the reason why you kept coming back and thank God that you were obedient to it. Like, when you feel like this art thing, my ability, my expression to be able to create, create, be creative, it keeps pulling you back because that's what you were wired and designed to do. But for the joker right. that's afraid, the joker that's, that's scared, the joker that's constantly complaining right. a joker that's constantly making excuses saying that they can't saying that they don't have the resources like what do you say to that person what do you tell yourself when I mean do you feel that way and if so when, what do you tell well, yourself how do you keep pushing I, I do say that sometimes like it's, it's extremely frustrating because it has highs and lows word like, sometimes you you know sometimes I'm, I'm you know pains are just going right you know what I'm saying everything is just going and I'm like man I'm chilling I, that's when I feel like, yo, I could actually do this for a living. Like, I might right. be able to make it. Right. And then that next week, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You see a donut. That's what I got. Like, like, <laughs> oh, man. You know, because, you know, you, you know, so what makes me keep going, man, is, 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 is the people, man. Like, it's really, honestly, it's the people. Honestly, um, it's, it's about, I love the reactions. Mm. Of the people, like when they see things and, and, you know, like watching people look at my work, um, you know, uh, or j whatever I may create, that's what kind of keeps me going because I, I do it. My man, my man, Emeka Onuga, <laughs> he, um, he says like, yo, you're the people's champion. He used to say that to me all the time. And I guess that that would be kind of true. Like I want, I want to um, make it so people that's from where I'm from, where I'm from could understand right. you know what I'm saying like I was fortunate enough back in the fifth grade to go to every major museum in the northeast right. because it was just part of the schooling like you know we go into the MoMA and Brooklyn Museum we're all over the place you know what I'm saying right. and so 
the first time I actually showed my artwork in Newark was in 2010, I believe. Um, you know, you, the hood came out for me, man. And this is the first time any of them are interacting with artists, other artists, you know, curators. They don't know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Like people, you know, cats showing up with the with the North, you know, uniform hoodies and camouflage on and right, right. half braided hair and right. you know, it it was it was and just to see like them seeing me, somebody like them, where I was at was great, man. Like, you know, I mean, yeah, granted, it was a little strange people trying to approach me, these cats like, oh, <laughs> like you can't right, come near right. him. Like it was you know, but that kind of became cool. And so that is actually a big thing for me is like getting people from all different worlds to be in one room together. Right. You know what I'm saying? And and you learn from other people. And I mean, I have countless friends from different, you know, walks of life that are friends with other people that they met that they otherwise would not have um, had the opportunity to meet unless I was somewhere putting paint right. <laughs> paintings on the wall. You know right. what I'm saying? So it's for for me. It's the people, man. It's for this for my family and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Isn't it also the people that you're around because it's like, I mean, think about this. And and I'm I'm speaking to the person that wants to go back to school, the person that wants to start a business, the person that the person that aspires to be an artist. The person that that wants more out of life, doesn't it also have to do with the people that's in your circle? Because the people that you're around, they grind, they go getters, they're also entrepreneurs. Right. When you say that, that, that's the thing also. Right. Absolutely. I think we kind of become because I'm no different than everybody. You track who you are. Right. Well, I think I think the problem a lot of people end up having is it's just fear based. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you get paid just enough. To be afraid to go do what you actually want to do. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you end up not doing what you really want to do because being an entrepreneur from my friends, um, you know, my, my friends, Emeka, um, Alicia, all of the people I know, my man Khalid, like all of the people I know that are full-time entrepreneurs, it's hard for them, man. Like sometimes it gets hard because you don't know. You know when you got a job on Friday, I'm going to have my little... Whatever it might be, you know what I'm saying? I know right. I have that every week. I right. know I have health insurance, you know what I'm saying, which is kind of crazy because you might have health insurance and not get sick for five years, but whatever. So, you you know, you spend, so that becomes your comfort zone. Right. You know what I mean? And you got you have to be very brave. So, like, with my peoples, I'm always like, man, like, you know, that's crazy to me. Like, you know, you're you brave enough to be like, you know what? I don't want to do that. I'm going to do this. I'd rather do this right. and struggle than go to a job that, that right. that's unfulfilling. That's unfulfilling. You hate it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm in that position. I'm so disconnected from my job right now. It's ridiculous. Because, I mean, many people do that. They go to jobs and they aren't using their gifts, talents, and abilities. And that's really right. what people fail to understand is that's why you're miserable. Right. The, the reason why you hate it so much is because you're not doing what you want to do when you want to do. So you have to kind of try to create the life you want, like which is part of... Like last year, like I said, I mean, most of the people that know me, you know, I was like, yo, it was like, where's Saran? Like I was all over the place, driving all, driving for nine and 10 hours to places and flights. And I was all over the place, man, because I want my life to be a certain way. I want it to to look a certain way, not just for me, but for the people that see me. You know what I'm saying? Like a a, a good moment for that for me was when my mom and my mom. and her friend, um, they were like, you know, 
my dad passed away in 04 and my mom was telling me that she would be she was happy because it would make my father proud that I travel now mm. you know what I'm saying so my motivation is that like right. if I know I could make my mom happy because she knows it would make my dad happy and that's the same thing with, 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 with a friend who was my dad's friend then that's what I'm gonna do you know what I'm saying like my life, maybe they knew something about the way my life should be that I didn't know. You know what I'm saying? So if it makes them happy, then I'm doing it. And it makes me happy too. You know what I'm saying? So, and then too, I also get to see other parts of the world. I get to see artists, uh, art, artists and art from other people in other places in the world. Right. If I happen to meet them, I could talk to them and, and try to figure out why they do what they do. Because when I started doing graffiti, it was only here in the Northeast, not right. even. It was just New York and New Jersey. Right. So now I see an art form that is, to me, the, the arguably the largest art form in the world. Right. One of the most famous artists in the world is, right. is Basquiat. He was a graffiti artist. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. So now it's going global. And that's what I say Like when I meet young artists. I'm like, man, just do it every day. When I was younger... And doing graffiti or art or whatever, I would draw every single day, every day, all day. That's all I did. You know what I'm saying? And so now it keeps you connected, right? And so now with social media and and all these other technological uh, outlets, you can make a living doing it. And what better thing to do than get up in the morning, make yourself some tea, <laughs> um, you know, make art, and then say, you know what? I sold a few pieces. I think I'm going to go on vacation Monday. You don't have to put in no paper to nobody and say, hey, man, I want to take these days off. Basically, what it does is, like, you don't realize it, but the job that you might as well be locked up to a certain extent. Yeah. You can't Word. come and go as you want. If you, if you get a cold, you got to call and tell somebody. Right. Oh, I'm sick. I'm not coming. Or, oh, I want to take off a day three weeks from now. No, listen, that, man. Like, a term that, that I hear used a lot is boss. Like, I hear people say, oh, my boss. This, ain't nobody my boss. No one. Right. He might be my... This person might be supervision. That might be the best you're going to get out of me. Right. It's okay, my supervision, which I don't even like that either. Right. But it's, no one's the boss of me, and nobody should be the boss of anyone. Mm. So if you have an opportunity to create a life that you want where you can come and go as you wish, no matter what it is, it's not just being an artist, it's being whatever, yeah. then do that. Like, you yeah. make your schedule the way you want it to be. You know what I'm saying? There was a time... When I was unemployed and I was just making art. And that's what made me say, you know what, man? This life is, is all upside down. It's all backwards. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I was traveling and I was having a good time and I was meeting a lot of great people from all over the place. You know what I'm saying? And I realized also, too, that we, especially Americans, we work a lot to buy stuff that we don't need. And then we have to work a lot to keep the stuff yeah. that we don't need. Right. Two-car garages. You can't put but one car in there because you got so much other bullshit in right. the other garage. Right. Big house, mad clothes, all of these things. You got all of this stuff. And for what? You know what I'm saying? You take, you know, that pair of shoes you bought. My man, get a ticket. Fly out to Europe real quick. You know what right. I'm saying? Right, <laughs> right, right. See something. See, see something where you're not from. Like, I get it. People do travel, and I, and I appreciate all that. But if you think about how much money you waste on other things, right. you know, like, right. and, and again, like, like I said, as I learn how the art world works and, you know, how, how it all kind of falls into place, I remember one of my early paintings. Um, I sold it to a guy from Croatia. 
and Croatia. Well, he's he's here, but he's from Croatia. Gotcha, gotcha. And um, he bought my painting, and three months later sold it for twice as much as he bought it from me. And that was the first time that I kind of realized, like, oh, is that how that works? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, some people buy and they collect because that's what they want. Some people buy and collect because they want to resell or invest it or whatever. Or some people buy because they want to support me, and I'm all for that. Right. You know what I'm saying? And some people buy because they just like it. You know what I'm saying? But you never know what that artist is going to be. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, this past weekend, I was at... I'm sorry, weekend before, I was at Brooklyn Museum. And, you know, I went to see the one Basquiat that I hope everybody went out to check out because it's an amazing, amazing piece of artwork. It's unbelievable in person. It really is. Like, I literally could see him doing it. It was crazy. But at at his height, they someone bought the painting for $19,000, right? Right. That was when he was, like, super hot. That person sold it to someone else for a few million. Then that person auctioned it off and made $110 million. Right. Now, there are people from, if you do research on Basquiat, he used to give paintings to. Sell them for a couple hundred dollars just to stay. You know what I'm saying? At their place. Now this man's paintings are worth millions of dollars. And I'm not saying do it just because you want to make money. Because you might support an artist and he may never become anybody. Right. You know what I'm saying? But... That's going back to what I was saying earlier. Like people don't, they don't get that sometimes. Like now, I just started actually trying to make start my own little art collection of guys right. that I like that I know. You know what I'm saying? Not because I'm like, oh, I think this guy's gonna be amazing 50 years from now, or whatever. But I like it, and I feel better about it than, you know, those dunks I bought whenever. Like yeah. I didn't gave those dunks away. Right. I would never give the artwork away. Never. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Worst case scenario. I fall off the face of the earth. All my art is here. You know, my daughter, my family, whomever, they could come and have it and have a piece. Because art, art, as far as me thinking about it, art is forever. Like, it'll be a piece of me here forever. As long as people keep passing it along, I'll be here forever. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? In some way. So. Right. We were talking about, um, I was talking to a friend a little while ago, and we were just talking about the process, right? We were just talking about like, what are your thoughts about the process? I mean, we hear trust the process with the 76ers, <laughs> you know, but what people don't understand, and I know for me, you know, even if I don't, what I aspire to achieve in life, right. in business, and as a person, whatever, whatever, even if I don't, for some strange reason, I don't get there, I'm extremely happy because I had enough, enough courage to dare to believe to try to, try, to go right. through the process the right. process is so rewarding so in the midst of that process like you got challenges with creativity sometimes you know in the last um, podcast that I did it was where is your focus there's a lot of distractions in life right you know we got kids we got families we you know those that are married got they have spouses they have the job those that work there's so many different things that's pulling but when your creativity is like has no pulse like, what do you do to stay connected? Like, what can a person do to stay connected to their dream when they got all this stuff going on, all this all this noise, all these distractions? Well, um, for me, if I can't think of anything to do creatively, it I just wait. Like, mm-hmm. that's how it works for me. I just wait. Wait on, you know, until... Well, I wait until it comes back because clearly it's never going to go away forever. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm always going to be able to think of something. But the reason why I wait and I try not to force it is because, again, if I'm doing it for the people, I want the people to have the best that I have. Mm. Best I have to give. I don't want... I don't want to force something and then later on I look back like, man, that was some, that was some shitty ass. Yeah, it's work. not holistic. That's not, not who I am. It's so, not pure, yeah. so, so in the past, there's been pieces that I've done that, you know, they were out wherever they were doing whatever or wherever. And once I got them back, I just rolled over them, just laid them on the floor, took the paint, poured it on top of it, and just wow. rolled it clear. Because I started thinking about the process. And I also started thinking about the result of the process. Like, you don't, I don't want someone to look back, including me, and say, man, I probably shouldn't have got that. I don't want that. So me, I don't want that either. I don't want you to feel that way. I want you to, when you get something from me and it's hanging over your bed or hanging in your hallway or wherever it may be, when you walk by it every day, I want you to feel how you felt that first time every time. So, as far as the process goes, if it gets stuck, I just wait, man. Or I try to figure out a way to get it started. Like, if I'm not being really creative in the sense where I'm, I'm creating, like, a finished piece, sometimes, man, I'll just sit and I'll just go back to the beginning, basically. Like, I'll sit and draw superheroes. I like that. You wow. know what I'm saying? Batman, Robin. I'll just sit and just draw with no actual, you know, thought. I'm just... Go hey, back to the me, beginning. I go all the way back to the beginning. I started off wanting to draw superheroes. So I'll sit, draw Wolverine, whomever, Captain America, whatever. I'll just Because the beginning is where the love first started. Right. That's what so you when first I'm doing, yeah, fell so, in love with. Right. So when I'm doing it, I'm not trying to do anything with it. I'm just yeah. trying to do it. Like yeah. So I'm just sitting there drawing and drawing and drawing. And then sometimes the, fun, the funny thing is, like, my most recent work in the past, uh, say, six, eight months or whatever... Drawing those superheroes caused me to create the work that I ended up making into painting. So everything that people saw in the past uh, six, eight months started off as me just drawing a superhero on a piece of notebook paper. Right. You know what I'm saying? If I was allowed to get up and walk off camera, I would go get them for you. But we ain't going. No, I think I, th- I think they, yeah, they're over there like yeah, in a stack. Yeah, I home. think that'd be good if you grab. Oh, one you want because, me to do? Yeah, that'd be great. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I'll be right back, y'all. And I think that. Um, <laughs> For the listeners, I, I think it's, it's, it's truly important. You know, Saran said something very important. Go back to the beginning. And I think going back to the beginning is an important thing when you're stuck and you don't have motivation or, or, or you're disconnected from, from that dream, that idea, that vision. Going back to the beginning could be what you need to stay connected. Because even if you aren't producing, as long as you're in the process, and a lot of things we need to wait like, right. we don't need to just jump out there and just do stuff. I mean, we might have to just wait through prayer or whatever or through that inspiration, whatever comes through us. But also, I, I love I love what you said about going back to the beginning. Right. And that, wasn't, that wasn't even rehearsed, man. I just thought. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's what yeah. I do. Like like I said, like I said, I have a stack of them right here. Just notebook, paper. And just, I think, the first one, when I realized, like, oh, man, I'm stuck. I just draw them, like, you know, Dark Knight, whatever. Uh, just different ones, man. It's even like this, like this little boy right. right here. So it's just a matter of me drawing different stuff. Right. You know what I'm saying? And what that does is it keeps, it, well, one, it keeps me 
reasonably sharp. I could be a, I could I should probably be much a much better illustrator by this point. But I did take a humongous gap right. off, so I always feel like I could be better. But these papers, um, is where I'm not thinking about anything. I'm just I'm like okay, I want to draw something. I need to draw. That's what I'll think. I need to draw. I'll just Batman. Google it. Put the phone right here, put the paper right there, and just draw till it's done. And what happens is, while I'm drawing, I'm like, oh, Batman, the connection is Robin. Oh, let me draw Robin. The connection to him is Superman, Wonder Woman, like so on and so forth. Right. What it does is it kickstarts it for me. So it's not necessarily that I'm thinking this is going to kickstart my creativity or kickstart me doing paintings or whatever, but it does lead to something. Mm. So it's not like I'm intentionally trying to do it, but it just happens that way. So I grab, you know, like I said, legal size pad. You leave a legal size pad around me for a while, and you come back, there's going to be no pages in it. Right. Because eventually I'm just going to draw something on it, even if it's random and silly. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I draw, and then from there, um, you know, I might be listening to a song or, or whatever, and then I can take what I heard in that song and put it together with the superheroes, which is how I ended up with my last um, collection of work. It all started from me drawing superheroes on legal-sized paper, you know what I'm saying? Right. And then I kind of started thinking about what those superheroes represented. Gotcha. We're going to close, man, but I got two questions for you. Two? Two. Who's my favorite football team? No. Nah, we asked that when we were doing the thing. We know you like to watch the Redskins. Yeah, all right. no, no. <laughs> But uh, what's your favorite movie and why? My favorite movie is Love Jones. Okay. And that's not because classic. I'm trying, I'm classic. It's a classic. I'm not. It's not because I'm trying to be a cliche because that's not the case. Um, I I love it because what it did was it showed at the time um, when it came out. Um, as far as me writing, it kind of pushed me to say I can write poetry. Like, I did it kind of in an arrogant way and didn't realize it. Like, oh, man, I, I could do that. You know what I'm saying? But what it did was it, it got me writing, which eventually led to me writing hundreds of poems, a book, and that, that was a whole other avenue of creativity that I hadn't seen from black people before. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was the first time that you saw the interaction between a black, two black creatives. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you had... Nina, who was a photographer, and Darius Lovehall. He had cats out here making cheese omelets and all this and that. I made a cheese omelet, you feel me? But that's why I love it, because it gave a different black perspective. It wasn't, you know, not to say anything was wrong with, with, with the Evans family, one of the greatest families of all time. But there were certain things that we did on TV and in right. the movies. And this, in my opinion, was the first time that it, it, and I also believe that it opened up, not just for me, it opened up for everybody that way. Like, oh, man, like, you know, I, I'm into poetry, but I would never say anything, for example. Oh, now there is love hall out here. I'm out here now. You know what I mean? Right, right. I, I'm not a spoken word poet, but for those people, that whole, that movie made it so, it was kind of like when you were a nerd, you did nerdy things in school until the cool kid said it was cool. You nobody ever knew, right? So it was the same thing. Like you have, you probably had hundreds of thousands of millions of poets who had never said it out loud. But the minute Darius Lovehall started talking about, you know, 
<laughs> Thighs and all that yeah. Cats was out here Going was crazy dope, yeah. You know what I'm saying So that's why I love it man This is, this is a dope Dope film man Just watching his interaction With um With Nina It was crazy man It was crazy Gotcha Where can the, the, uh, the listeners um, Find you at On social media Where can they find um, you or, or the next event That you got a big event right. Coming up on I this do. Saturday Saturday What's uh, good The date Time I'm about, where? To, I'm about to lay it all on y'all Um So this Saturday, should I be looking at the camera? Should I be looking yeah, at the camera? Yeah. Okay. But what this, is the date? For oh, okay. Like, this is the yes. podcast. This, okay. <laughs> February the 24th from 6 p.m. to midnight, I will be having an opening reception at 25 Halsey Street in Newark. Um, I'm going to be doing. You blocking my view, man? <laughs> so <laughs> This is raw and cut right But yeah so uh, 25 Halsey Street in North New Jersey Man I'm going to have an open reception February 24th um, For my next uh, exhibit um, The title will be All the Scared Niggers Are Dead um, So come check me out You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook At Explore Freedom Which is X-P-L-O-R-E-F-R-E-E-D-O-M Um Come check me out, man. I got some stuff for y'all, uh, and it and it, and it kind of addresses the the thing we were talking about earlier about being afraid and being scared. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's you know, like I said, I think I put together some good work, man. That's going, you know, get people simply put off their ass, man. Like you know, like you feel like, oh man, I can't do this. All right, well, you come see me on Saturday, um, Saturday evening, and then I, uh, if you can't make it on uh, Saturday. I'm going to be having um, some hours the following Monday to Friday. I just haven't quite solidified them just yet. But um, if you follow me at Explore Freedom, then you'll be able... That's on Instagram? Facebook and Instagram, yeah. uh, yeah. And Explore is X. It's X by itself. It's the unknown. Gotcha. So there's no E. I don't need that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Explore Freedom. It's Explore Freedom, no E in the beginning. Um, And yeah, man, you follow me and then you can see other upcoming events. You could also... Get to meet some of my really, really cool friends and, and really creative people that are very talented, very gifted. And um, check us out, man. It's going to be good work. You know? Awesome. Man, you heard it here, man, on the Dream Talk podcast. My man, Saran, Explore Freedom. Come check him out next weekend, man, on the 24th, man. Let's continue on this journey, man, to pursue our ideas, our visions, our dreams. And, man, let's go back to the beginning. If you're lost, go back to the beginning. Create your masterpiece, man. Thanks, man. Anytime, brother. Let's get it. 2018. Yeah, for sure. You've been listening to the Dream Talk Podcast with Algernon Hall. For more information, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to the Apple Podcast and subscribe, rate, and leave a review for this podcast. Be sure to come back next week and join me for the Dream Talk Podcast with Algernon Hall, where we dream, believe, and make history. Special thanks to Jubilee Children's Entertainment, LLC, for all of your character educational needs from pre-K to 12th grade. Also, uh, finaldraftdesign.com for graphic design and web development. 
lovetraveling.com for luxury travel deals and airfare. And last but not least, Kayla Creator for marketing and great advertisement. This episode is produced, engineered, and recorded by Reggie Dupree of finaldraftdesign.com.